Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. And I'm Paul. On this episode, we will be reviewing Lucky from Shudder. Our movie from the vault is Firestarter. And this week we have no something to scream about because we're losers. <laughs> we are part of the losers club. <laughs> well, it's been a bit of a poorly week for a couple of weeks for Matt, so we've given him a break um, from uh, attacking all the stars of Hollywood or stars of uh, 80s horror movies. So we're having a little break. I've had to shove things in my throat and, and my nose. Oh, oh, that's, this is not that's, nice. That's a shame. But we won't talk about that. Yeah. It's a COVID test. It came back negative. It's all right. Whatever. We're glad you're, we're glad you're well, you know. I'm glad it's just, it's not COVID related. I'm getting better. It's all good. <clears throat> yeah. How have you been? Uh, been all right? Well, yeah, but uh, like sick note, you know, so if you watched, uh, you know, m- much ho- horror in your hot in your hot in your bed of shame. <laughs> I have watched a couple of bits actually. Um, I watched a movie called Block Island Sound. Oh, I, I have no idea what that is. It dropped in net on Netflix uh, last week, and I, it came up on the front page. Funnily enough, and it's probably no wonder that it's been lost in the ether because I really, really did not like it. It was so boring. Um, oh. But I've seen loads of people raving about it. Um, I was bored shitless, I'll be honest. It's like it the called? first time I've had that over a movie. Block Island Sun? Block Island Sound. I mean, it's an interesting title. It's a bit of a weird one. Um, I don't really want, I won't go into it too much, but it's all to do with kind of like weird, kind of, uh, what's the word? I'm talking like fishy kind of people. Fishy tails and all that shit. Mermaids. Not mermaids. Ah, I can't remember. What's the guy that does all the weird shit? And everybody always describes films as him. I can't remember. It's gone out of my head. But yeah, it's not not very good. All right, cool. (laughs) So, move along. I also watched something that was um, quite interesting. And it's on Amazon Prime. And it's called the... Okay... Just before I talk about this, it's a bit of a raw subject at the moment because Richard Stanley's been in the press for um, uh, allegedly um, beating his wife up and stuff like that. Um, but I'm still going to talk about this, and it's not. I'm not going to talk about him because obviously I'm not going to give him the time of day and stuff like that. But I want to talk about the documentary I saw. It's called The Lost Soul uh, and the Doom Journal of Richard Stanley's um, documentary. The Island of Dr. Moreau. I don't know if you've heard about this. No. It's fucking crazy, mate. It's absolutely... And I, you need to watch this because it's, it's absolutely batshit. So I watched the documentary first. It's all about basically this guy who's a director. He wanted to do this movie at the Island of Dr. Moreau. So he went through all this shit to, to, to try and get the budget and, and put it forward and got the script written and everything, concept art and everything. And then they went to make it and it turned from being like a, like a six million project or something into being a multi million pound project. And they were, and then it, it turns into really crazy shit. They start getting people like Marlon Brando on board and, and, um, um, Val Kilmer and stuff like this. And it's got loads of effects in it and stuff. And it's pretty well renowned for being one of the worst movies ever made. All right. And it basically, I don't want to tell you much about it because I really wanted to go and watch it because it's fucking crazy, the shit that happens on it. It's insane. 
you wouldn't even believe the stuff that went on on this project. Right. Watch the documentary, and I'll give you a little tip. The movie is really hard to get hold of. Like, literally, even the DVD is, like, £30 on eBay. But you can watch the full episode on YouTube. Um, not episode, sorry, the full film on YouTube, because it's out there. And I watched the film afterwards. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking interesting. But I don't know where, which way you want to do it. I'd say watch the documentary first, because it it kind of, like, explains a lot of things. And then when you watch the movie, you're like, oh, my God. That's fucking weird. Well, I'm all for it's that. It's so fucking weird. After watching Wolfman's Got Nards, mate, I'm all for another doc. It's batshit, mate. And uh, seriously, it's like so weird. But yeah, it, it's a good, it's a good little documentary. It's interesting, and it's worth just watching for how crazy it is. And, and yeah, and that's why I really watched horror wise. So yeah, what cool. about I have been busy. I promised to go. I promised to be busy, and I've gone busy. So the first one I watched is called "Stay Out of the Fucking Attic." <laughs> um, Stay, which, is it actually called "Stay Out of the Fucking Attic." Well, on title, on um, like letterbox, it's "Stay Out of the Attic," but like okay. the title screen on the movie is "Stay Out of the" and an F apostrophe and all that shit. So it doesn't say "fucking," but you know, it's, it's oh okay. Yeah. But yeah. Like this could be the new human centipede. Really? Well, it's like a like a Nazi doctor doing experiments in his attic, um, and like there's a removal company like removing stuff and all you know antics and stuff. Remind had a bit of like people under the stairs sort of vibe to it, it like a little bit. But there's some dark shit in it, and there's some interesting gore and it moments, and there's some interesting shock moments as well. Yeah. Which the you know you know human centipede had and all that sort of stuff. So and the cre- and the creepy Nazi doctor was fucking decent as well. Um, definitely worth a shout um, if you got a spare. I mean, it wasn't too long; it was like an hour and a half. So probably let itself down some of the acting and stuff in, like that. But I had give a shit about that, though, do you? <laughs> it had, mate, it had moments, and that's all that matters. And some pretty cool eye moments. Anyway, uh, that, and then I went on to watch a film called Shook, which did not shake me, unfortunately. It was um, a really kind of awful effort of a movie. Really? Yeah. Um, what sort of yeah. movie is it? What sort of genre? What, what? Like social networking? It's a whole, like we, we did what? Um, it sort of reminded me a little bit of that spree that we saw. Oh, yeah. Um, with uh, Joe uh, Joe Keery. Um, in terms of like, it was all kind of social media related. Um, there were sort of pranks and not pranks, and it's kind of a serial killer vibe, but not a serial killer. It kind of had like too many twists. It was just kind of shit, and it just piled the shit, <laughs> the piled the shit on top of more shit. Um, to be honest, it wasn't it wasn't really great. To be honest, didn't really have much going for it. To be honest, I won't waste uh, my time on that one. Then. Nah, nah, not not probably worth that, your time on that one. But I watched a nice, I watched a good TV series called Behind Her Eyes, which is a bit kind of dark, but delves into like mental health a little bit. Um, in and then it had a kind of a weird kind of, ah, oh, I say like after death 
sci-fi kind of vibe to it in the end. It was like, that was quite interesting. Nice, um, like mini series and stuff like that on Netflix worth a watch as well as watching another TV series called The One, which is all sort of, um, a based on a, based around an, a, an app or a dating way of life. Like if you go and if you send your DNA across, it would, it comes back with a formula for your perfect match and tells you match. And it like, it's a hundred percent. I've seen clips of it. Yeah. Really sort of a, um, again, a black mirror story that's been expanded into a sort of a, a little mini series, which potential could have another season and stuff like that. It's the, the main character, the, the sort of is really interesting. It had a really, um, thriller vibe to it as well. It's like a who done it, what's going on. And st- it's very, it's very interesting and very dark. Very much enjoyed that one. Um, again, I've been busy, mate. Ah, Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots have been, uh, filling my screens. Two movies back to back I watched with them. One with, uh, called The Art of Self-Defense, which is a best described black comedy, but it's so dark. It goes really, really dark places and stuff. It's all around, centers around Jesse Eisenberg, um, sort of learning to try and protect himself in this, um, you know, dojo. Um, but the people that are, the person who's running it is a real sociopath. Um, it's so interesting. And this de- deals with some really interesting themes and it's just so dark and one of the best movies I've seen in a long, long time. Really? Yeah. Cause it's just so didn't see that where it was going. I didn't know where it was going. Okay. Um, I like that. I like those I type like that. films. They're cool. This next one that they're in, though, it's like 2019. Both these movies came out in 2019, so they obviously did a bit of work together in that year. It was quite interesting. Vivarium, which, you know, had a short... I didn't even know if it had a short cinema release, but we were going to do it. Yeah, we were, yeah. Didn't like the look of it, because it was, like, set in suburbia. And I don't think the trailer does it justice at all, because it's, it's centred around this, like, suburban nightmare where the two, the couple are kind of like, and it's got a nice little um, specials moment in there as well, like song as they're going in, as being led into this this weird suburbia, which they can't escape from. And the reasons why they can't escape is so fucking batshit. And it gets more and more batshit and more and more isolated as you watch the movie, um, as they can't escape and they have to kind of, they're, they're rearing what I... Then I think we're led to believe is like a weird alien child, um, that speaks insanely, um, and like Jesse Eisen spe- spends most of the the time digging a hole in the front garden. It's so fucking weird, and it's 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 really interesting. Those two together are fantastic. Really, really enjoyed that one. Cool. Um, and that's on Shudder. Uh, that's a load of gash. <laughs> Next. Um, I don't know if this is worth talking about, but it's a little bit of a thriller. Remind, it's sort of like, I don't know if you've watched Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Of course. You remember that? You remember that? Yeah. yeah. And I suppose that goes along that vibe. It's called Deadly Illusions. And it's got... Um, Worst name for a film ever. Yeah, honestly, it's a shit, <laughs> it's a shit title. And I was like, I only watched it because it appeared in the top ten. I don't know how it appeared and it got into the top ten of Netflix like in on a day. It was fucking dog shit. Really, I still don't know how these top tens work because like okay. you know that Block Island um, sound was in the top ten, I think, and I think they just duped me. 
Oh, literally, I clicked on it. Clickbait. Stupid idiot. Honestly, this is like, you know, a weird kind of twist on it where maybe the lead actress was like getting let, you know, getting led on by the the sort of sweet young babysitter. Um, it was very fucking weird and twisted and stuff. And it's just boring in the end. The ending was just like meh. And some of the bits in between, like meh. It just didn't go far enough for me. But there you go. So, and yeah, it was like the plain boring one from Sex in the City that was the lead. Like the brunette. Okay. And it was like she was smoking a cigar all the way through. It was weird, mate, honestly. <laughs> right. But I, w- I wouldn't really go there to recommend it or anything. But I've been busy. And there's plenty more. There's loads to, loads that have just dropped on uh, Shadow. We'll talk about that in the news now. Um, unless you've got anything else that you want to talk uh, about. One last film I forgot that I said. That, and this was a total kind of like one that I just... I think I saw a clip on Twitter or something like that. And I'd never even heard of it. And it's got um, Scout Taylor Compton in it. Um, she's like from Halloween, the new... Well, the, mm. the Rob Zombie Halloween. Um but she's in a movie, and I thought, I've never seen this before, I'm going to give it a try. She's in a movie about literally getting trapped in a sauna. Okay. And it's called 247 Fahrenheit. And it's just, and I thought, I'll see if I can see it on anything. And it was literally on nothing, and all it was on was eBay. So I bought it on DVD for like £2. So you can borrow it, because it's worth a watch. Um, but it's pretty crazy, actually. All filmed in kind of a... Most of it is filmed in, like, a sauna. But, like, it's interesting. Like, these three people get trapped in there, and then it's kind of a story kind of going on outside as well, a little bit. But it's actually worth a watch. Okay, cool. All I'll, right, mate. Lend, I'll have to lend you that one. Please do. Awesome. Okay, well, let's get on to some news. So, Matthew, you want to kick, uh, kick us off? I haven't got a lot, mate. All I've really got is um, uh, there's a movie come that come out a while back called Lake Mungo. I don't know if you've seen it. Lake Mungo, no. It came out ages and ages ago. But Second Sight are releasing it in a really nice box set because uh, it's been avail it's been unavailable for ages. And apparently, it's I've not seen it, but apparently it's a really really good um, movie. It's like a, I think it's a found footage movie. Um, but it's one of those movies that is kind of like wasn't massive when it came out, but it's got a massive underground following now. And I'm really interested to see it. But the box set looks really nice. It's got like it looks like it's got like um, a really nice book with it, and and loads of special features. And the artwork looks awesome from Second Sight, and they're bringing out some good stuff lately. So it's definitely worth checking that out. Cool. But nothing but good stuff about Lake Mungo. Um, yeah, I was hoping you might have seen it, but. Well, it might be good for us to watch it. All right, cool. I'll be looking up that. What else you got? You got what for me? I got some Shudder news. Um, oh, yeah. Shudder have bought the uh, the rights for supernatural supernatural horror for the Fried Barry. For the, fried uh, Barry. Fried Barry. What's that? Uh, about? Remember you talking about this one? I don't even know what it's about. It just looks fucking nuts. It looks like one of those sort of weird grindhouse fucking movies that we've somehow missed, and I just can't find it. I've talked about it before, um, and it's, it, mate, honestly, it just looks fucking crazy. Um, and it is like it is one that just for whatever reason I can't put my finger on why I want to watch it, um, but I think it's going to be awesome. It's like 2020 release, 
It's a comedy horror sci-fi. And he's basically this Barry is a drug addled, abusive bastard. <laughs> that just gets me that that gets me straight away. Who after yet another bender is abducted by aliens. I don't do I don't even need to read any more. I've looked up the artwork, um, the actual on IMDB, and it looks like um kind of you know that Uncle Peckerhead that you're on. Yes. Yes, that that's right. Sort of thing, um a bit kind of like what's the other one? Um Oh, I can't remember what it's called now, but there's there's quite a few of these kind of like almost kind of like well, a hardcore Henry weird thing. weird horror movie comedy things that well, it could be like a bit bad taste nod too almost like, like almost like trauma type yeah okay feels but I don't know if it, I think it's going to be more like hobo with a shotgun or something like that's that. that's what I was trying to think of right hobo okay. shotgun that's that so that's what that's what grabbed me in about it and I was like I've got yeah. to watch, I've got to watch this. This could just be fucking hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, nasty. And I'm, yeah, and I'm, it looks crazy. Somehow I just, I need hilarious and nasty sometimes, so I'm all for that. <laughs> it's got loads of awards as well. <laughs> yeah. Like Fantasia. Um, awards. So yeah, that, we'll look out for that when it comes on Shudder. Yeah. Maybe do a retrospective look at it or something like that. Um, but one of our faves from, uh, Fright Fest last year has just dropped onto Shudder. Go see this, people. Go watch some killer fucking jeans. You know, oh, slacks. With an environmental twist. So Slacks has dropped on uh, Shudder this week. Fucking yes. You're a big fan of that, weren't you? Yeah, it's fucking funny. It's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it's definitely... It's just a bit of fun, in it? It's just, yeah. Go get some popcorn. If you want a good laugh. Yeah. But then there's actually a big theme running through it, which is yeah. pretty important. But yeah, okay. check that out. Definitely. Um, on Netflix, we've just had the Irregulars drop, which is a supernatural spin on Sherlock Holmes story. It's like a group mm. of about five like people who've got some supernatural abilities. It reminds me of like, you know, alphas or heroes or something like that. But, they're, you know, weird, almost like New Mutant S powers. Misfits. Kind of, yeah, I've got like, a vibe of that when I watched the trailer. I mean, it centers around it centers around um, more uh, John Watson than like Sherlock Holmes, but it's set in that sort of era and that world, so maybe a bit like Penny Dreadful sort of thing. Okay. Um, so it looks weird. I'll probably I'll definitely go and check it out because it's got that sort of dark superhero maybe kind of edge to it. So we'll see. We'll see what it's about. But I'm mm. quite. I'm quite. I. I We'll um, watch that in the next couple of weeks and give you a little bit of a lowdown cool. on that. But that is the news. That is the news. Well, that's all I've got anyway. I'm sure there's loads more out there, but I haven't got any more. I did look. There's quite not that much going on still, which is annoying. Yeah. Do you want to uh, introduce our main review, Matthew? Okay, so this week's review um, was a movie that we missed at Fright Fest again, that we chose something else over this. Did we? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And it's called Lucky. Thank you so much for coming to our little group. Thank you. This is a good bite. Lots of chocolate chips. Ted, Ted, I saw someone outside. Honey, that's the man comes every night and tries to kill us and it is on shudder right now if you want to go and watch it 
A suburban woman fights to be believed as she finds herself stalked by a threatening figure who returns to her house night after night. When she can't get help from those around her, she is forced to take matters into her own hands. Straight from IMDb, thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, this was at Fright Fest, and I, I can't remember. It was it was quite near the top bill, but we went and watched something else. So, what did you think about this one, Paul? Well, Matthew, I have got mixed feelings about this movie. Same. Um, because on one hand, I was fucking mostly going, what the fuck? It got me. It got me for the maybe the right or wrong reasons. I don't know. I had a laugh watching this movie um, and I was scratching my head. And then at the end, there's quite a serious message to this movie at the end of it, I think, if I got the plot right. I think that's quite... Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's lots of... I think throughout the whole movie, the theme of the movie is obviously quite strong. Um, What I thought I was seeing from it was about female empowerment and kind of like choices that you make. Is is that something like that? Sent around an author who does self-empowerment books who is... I think what happened to her at one stage, she's been a victim of domestic abuse. And whatever is happening, whether it's happening exponentially or whether it's happening in, in real life, and I think it's happening in real life. This was a fucking weird thing. I felt like I was watching a uh, like a student movie that was all based around a dream, um, weird dream sequence. Like this fucking killer just kept on to, keeps on turning up every night with a weird mask on his face and she keeps kicking his ass every night but the way it happens and starts there's this this weird uh like gravity rounder with the people that she interacts with whereby the dialogue and the way they talk to her and the way they discuss what's happening to her is not how you would usually have conversation it's very nonchalant it's like it's not how, it's just not how, you, it's just something off, isn't there? Yeah, it's really, really especially um, like, uh, uh, her husband that she, you know, it's almost like they're in a movie and he's saying, oh, he like turns around and says, oh, this happens every night. You know what to do. It's almost like he's saying to her, you know what to do. Like she knows what's going on, but she actually doesn't know what's going on. Um, yeah, and they just seem to be very matter of fact in the way that they spoke to her. It's like when she reported it to the police every fucking day. They were just sort of. This is the thing that's so weird. It's just like, so she was a bit disinterested in her story. Well, that that, that I think teams up with what's as the movie goes along. That it's all, I don't know whether it is all in her head or what. But the the, the stupid thing is, it's like every night, obviously she manages to kill this guy and i don't know if this is a thing but did you notice when she's got um something like a knife he'll have a knife or if she's got a hammer he's got a hammer it's like mirror a mirror image kind of 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 what weapons they've got but then when she kills him he keeps disappearing right so yeah she she hatches a plan she's like i'm gonna kill this guy um and i'm gonna tie him up but She's so stupid because every time that she kills him, she takes her eyes off of him and then he disappears. 
So why wouldn't you just not keep your eyes off of him? Keep your eyes on him. Because it's not done my head in. But yeah, I'm yeah, it's no film about that. But there was there was good musicality throughout. Good te- good use of strings, tension strings, tension music. I like the tension build up and had real production value as well for a, for what it was. But it's, but it's quite low budget as well. Yeah, yeah, but it felt like a real movie. It didn't feel like shut, you know, like I don't know, strung out or um, some movies that can be quite low budget just sort of like have this. They had a proper crew and a proper camera and stuff like that, like well, shooting it. Well, the the lead part who played um, May, Bria Grant, she she actually wrote this, and she and she stars in it. She didn't direct it as well, but um, she's done quite a lot of other stuff, like written stuff and directed things and stuff. So I would imagine she had a lot of people on board for it. But yeah, I mean, it looked it looked good. Um, what did you think about the killer's mask? It was like a bit of spunk on his face. So that's one thing. That's why I like. That's why I, that's I didn't why, think it was very inventive. Along with the like, um, you know, weird satirical dialogue and stuff like that it was kind of like making me giggle a little bit all the way through and like not take it too seriously. I think you had this guy with spunk face. <laughs> On it, you know, it was like it was weird, and I don't know if like it tonally it sort of maybe took it out of it because when I sort of got into that whole domestic violence sort of edge to it, it still wasn't taken, didn't take you that seriously. So I don't know, maybe that's the whole point. I don't yeah. know because I mean because throughout it they 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 insinuate that her husband has been obviously abusing her, but she says that he hasn't. But I guess that goes down to like domestic, you know, abuse victims and stuff. Being, yeah, but, you know. but then there's the twist on the fact that her husband, she's cheated on her husband. And then it's kind of like the guilt over that. Is that causing other things? Is, yeah. You know, I just, mm. so weird. I just, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is like a really strange kind of trippy kind of, you know, it's scripted really well. And, and but it's just like, it's just really weird. I just didn't know what was happening for most of it. And towards the end as well, I didn't even know what was happening. No, I, don't, I didn't really like the title. Lucky didn't really fit the what I was watching. I think the I best thought, thing... One bit that was... It went a bit batshit. was when, towards the end, they went back to the car park. And then it was just... And this is where it got major kind of like, I think, kind of like a message in it. It was like... All these women started fighting off their versions of their stalkers, which was quite cool. I thought, oh, this is going really weird. Like, what's going on here? And then it kind of just like kind of petered out. And I thought, oh, I thought there's going to be a massive kind of thing behind this. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I want massive answers at the end of films because I know it's meant to be up to your imagination. I would imagine to interpret what what you saw as as what you think you saw. But I just thought that was going in a really quite an interesting direction. And then it just kind of like moved that to the side and just, I don't know. I don't know whether I'm missing something or I don't know. I Maybe agree. I'm just not intelligent enough. No, I agree. And when that was all kicking off, I kind of wanted it then to be, because I thought the whole fucking movie was a dream or was happening in her head. And then I was like, okay, maybe there's other people involved now. Yeah. Okay, maybe this is a fucking like weird alternative reality or yeah. maybe some kind of sci-fi 
edge that they're kind of like they're dealing with. I would have taken that. I'd have dealing with if they were like suddenly they were all in therapy, right? And this was a form of therapy. I would have taken that. I think more than suddenly she takes the spunky mask off at the end and it's like that's her assailant who we it's not her boyfriend is it well it, it kind of flashes through loads of different faces doesn't it yeah. like, i just don't i don't know if i'm missing something with that is it supposed to be that this is just all different emotions from different people that have given her issues in her life i i just i have no idea i just i was kind of just a bit kind of like yeah that's really weird really strange i mean a lot of it pointed at kind of being um i would imagine it's kind of saying that women are being oppressed and women are being told what to do and women are uh, can can stand up on their own and they don't need other people around i get that message in it but i just didn't quite get the end yeah i'm with you i didn't really i didn't really understand it and i don't know maybe that's just me being a dick and not being intelligent enough but you know all in all it was it was okay um you know i why the title why do you think it was called lucky maybe because she was just luckily luckily enough not to be killed every day i mean that's a bit thin that's a bit thin i'll be honest with you mate i'm glad we 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 didn't see this at fright fest because i remember looking at it and reading about it um and yeah, I'm pretty glad we chose not to watch it, to be honest. It's just, yeah, it's a bit thin on the storyline. But there was some good, you know, it made me think and it made me want to watch it, which is kind of good for a movie. I wasn't like, I was kind of just like, what the fuck is going on? And then I, well, the payoff wasn't there, fine. But I, I, I did, I did kind of, I wasn't bored, I suppose, for an hour, no, for an hour and 20. Too many like plot holes. It's just like, yeah. there's too many things like, really? Should we do that? Or, but they could answer it by just saying, "Wow, this is all in her head, and it's just like she's—it's her world, and this is what's happening to her because of her thoughts." I, I just don't know. It's just like when you know you wouldn't just stay in that house after being attacked three nights in a row. Mm. Um, but, but then like, there could be another edge, like you know, when she stayed around her mate's house and she did she kill a mate? You know, they, they could. Know, that, that was her husband's sister. Yeah, could. Uh, was it her that did it? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't even dwell on that. At no, all. no, no, no. Because that's why, that's when that happened, I'll be honest with you, when that actually happened, I thought, ah, now they're going to start spinning it on the fact that all this time it's her been attacking people. And and then, then I thought to myself, maybe her husband's dead. Maybe she killed her husband. And now that's why she's living with the guilt. And maybe this is the guilt that's on her all the time. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. I'd have taken that. And it's none of it. It was none of it. And it's just like, <laughs> all we got at the end was her staring at a guy and managing to finally take his mask off. And I'm like, I was screaming at her halfway through it. Just take his mask off. Take his mask off. And it was just little things like when she was describing to the, the policeman of what he looked like. It's just things like he didn't, he didn't ask the right questions. All he says, he didn't ask him. It's just, it's just so weird. It just didn't feel right. Uh, just, I don't know. Um, what, are you, what are you rating this bad boy then? Um, um, but for me, um, I can't even remember what we do. Do we do it out of ten? Do we? So yeah, <laughs> this is only the seventy fourth episode. Six. 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 It gets. It gets. It's more than average for me. Six. Yeah, I'm giving it a six. Wow. I I would go five. 
Okay. I was steering on the edge of four. Hmm. I don't know because I because I even though it didn't have all the shit, the the, the production value and the way it things, maybe I just um I know it had something, but I know for a six for me. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Oh, Excellent stuff. Shall we get on? Move on to our movie from the vault that you picked. Charlie McGee is a healthy eight-year-old girl, normal in every way. Charlie, now watch what you're doing. But one. Did she do that? What are you gonna do with it? I'll bring her here so you can do all your tests and you give her to me. Charlie has the power. Do something bad. Will you still love me? She can set things on fire. Something's happening in there. With just a glance. It is a power she does not want. Stick with him. Daddy, I'm scared. So am I, honey. A power she cannot control. Back up. And each night, she prays to be just like every other child. We haven't got her yet. We will. But there are those who will do everything in their power to find her. To control her. Charlie! And maybe destroy her. Charlie! Come to me, Charlie. Go! You're gonna have to burn it down. I mean, burn it all down. Charlie McGee is Stephen King's Firestarter. Will she have the power to survive? Right, this episode's moving from the vault. I am bringing you the 1984 um, Firestarter, uh, written by uh, Stephen King, starring Drew Barrymore as Charlie McGee, David Keefe, is Andy McGee and Heather Locklear as Vicky McGee. Um, also as Martin Sheen in um, as uh, Captain Honster, which is worth a shout. Okay. You forgot Big Gun there, mate. And I'm, I'm pretty, dis- you're pretty disgracing this podcast at the moment. Who have I forgot? Oh, Moses Gunn. George, Mr. George C. Scott, one of the biggest well-known actors in the universe, or was. God rest his soul. So the movie centers around um, a couple who basically participated in a potent medical experiment to gain (laughs) telepathic abilities. Um, And then they inadvertently have a child who is uh, pyrokinetic. And that's uh, the young young Drew Barrymore in a second movie after E.T. It centers around the dad and uh, Andy and Charlie on the run um, from being hunted down by the people who were who want her powers they want her powers that's what it's about very i mean if you've watched any modern day um heroes or alphas or you know x-men anything like that you know this this is a sort of take on that um the reason we did this is we used to watch this movie this used to be on the background in the in level three in the local nightclub that we used to go to all the time um and it sort of grew its appeal from there on broadly speaking it's not a fantastic movie when you sort of stand it up against like a scanners and stuff like that, but it's got a place in my heart and i think that's why i kind of i kind of like it. it's a long one 
running times like an hour oh. and fifty four. Fucking hell. Um but what's your what's your first memories of watching this math Matthew? Well there's three fucking good things about this movie. That's Drew Barrymore, Martin Sheen's hair, and George C. Scott's ponytail. Oh he's the ponytail guy, was he? <laughs> <laughs> yes he fucking was. That crazy ass fucking karate face chopping dude like worshipping Satan fucking horse called ne- necromantic freak <laughs> the one who shot uh, poor Charlie in the neck with a fucking yeah. tranquilizer gun it's uh, crazy like you know uh, I, I enjoy I enjoyed this movie um, I'll be honest like being a movie from 1984 it's, it looked wow still 70s yeah like, I don't know why if that was because it was shot, shot in like somewhere like North Carolina uh, where it was just a bit more behind than other places, but it just felt a lot like more like the seventies, even like the clothes. I mean, I suppose it's closer to the seventies, so it was still coming out. Of, but never to say, I I I enjoyed watching the movie, but I mean, there are times where it's slow paced. Um, apparently Stephen King didn't like this movie. Yeah, apparently. I think the ed- I think the editing's a bit off. Um. I think some of the the humdrum music kind of can get a bit irritating, like the way they sort of do the telekinesis. You know, the, it's the classic, uh, you know, the nosebleed. Fair enough. You know, it's causing a nosebleed. But the way that you have to put your fucking, what, hands, your head, and it's like... <laughs> well, when the film freaking started, I thought I was watching a porno movie. It was literally like porno music. And yeah, I looked it up because I wanted to see what the soundtrack was by, and it's by Tangerine Dream, and they're pretty big in the kind of like music industry, and they've done a couple of soundtracks to movies like Legend, and they've done like uh, Sorcerer and stuff like that, like eighties kind of stuff. Um, but they do a lot of synth stuff. But when that first opened the music, I was like, dodgy, mate, <laughs> dodgy music, mate. So there's some great dodgy moments in this scene. I mean, it's just like. From uh, setting the poor army dude's fucking feet on fire, and like <laughs> <laughs> because he's been nasty to a girl that he's knocked up, that so he's just like, I, ain't, I, ain't, it's not mine. You've slept with loads of people, and this is like, so yeah, he was a prick. He deserved getting his feet burnt, and that was good. I like that. Um, but the bit fucking like blew me away. I, mean, I haven't seen this movie for ages. Was it when he like dove on uh, his daughter, and like they fall down a fucking big. Verge and nearly get run over by a bloody truck. Yeah, yeah what the fuck? <laughs> That's some stunning. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 I mean, this. You know, this. There are some good bits in this. Like Martin Sheen's pretty good in this film, I thought. And and like when you know the first kind of scene, you meet um, Martin Sheen and uh, George C. Scott's character. I can't remember his bloody name. Uh, John Rainbird, I think his name was. Um, and then there's that, the way that the doctor's talking to him about, do you understand this girl, her powers are kind of at this point right now, but when she grows older, her pituitary gland, glands are going to get better and she could possibly like freaking make an atom bomb. It's like, that's like some, like you said earlier, it's like, that's like superhero shit that people use in Marvel you know, X-Men movies or whatever now. It's, yeah. It's, it's quite cool. It's good little dialogue writing, like the way he says, you know, this is, this is unmanageable. This, this can't be done. And it's like the question, the age old question is like, 
I mean, we've seen loads of movies like this, haven't we? Like telekinesis kind of stuff where they're getting hunted down by guys in suits, which I've got to say, like, why the fuck didn't they just go out with a tranquilizer gun in the first place? They, that's the one <laughs> thing that was hilarious is their, how prophetic these guys in suits and how unprepared. How many of them there are. <laughs> well, yeah, but there's loads and they're like, you know, especially the farmhouse scene. It's like they're so unprepared and like, I just shoot her in the face. Like, you know, what's she going to do? And suddenly, like, the powers don't turn on that quickly. And she's suddenly, like, setting them all on fire. And then it's like, gets worse. They're, just, you know, sitting, blowing up the cars. And it gets worse and worse and worse. But I'm just like, fucking shoot her, fa- shoot her in the face. I'll tell you what was dark. I know it's a bit harsh on uh, Drew Barrymore, but, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you what was a bit harsh. Obviously, um, there's a bit where her dad sees those two guys that are trying to get them and they've obviously just killed his wife, which is obviously horrendous. But then he makes them go blind. And he's like, well, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to make your life fucking shit for the rest of your life and I'm going to make you blind. <laughs> that was horrendous. It's like, oh my God. Like, I thought he was going to like explode the heads or something, but no, he just makes them go blind. It's like, oh shit. Some weird fucking choices there. <laughs> yeah. But like the whole like kind of bit that we remember is the whole experimentation, you know, the, um, with Drew Barrymore at the end, you know, the relationship that she's building with this, with John, um, so dark. He is kind of, yeah, the most wrong part of this movie. And well, it's very clever because he's like very smooth, isn't he? And very calm and collective. Um, but he's a fucking nut. And, um, but he knows how to, 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 to work the system he knows how to go about her he knows what to do and because they ain't got a fucking clue all they want to do is get out of her the powers and stuff and um and their powers are getting shit. yeah and their powers are getting fucking stronger and stronger and they're maybe gonna regret it at the end. <laughs> really because when when it all fucking kicks off and she ain't no longer got a fucking dad she's gonna oh, be all word and she's rocking the double denim as well great there's a lot of um double denim in this movie yeah man but like she's building fucking fireballs out of nothing she's burning bullets out of the sky which you know how the (laughs) i don't know her powers are like exponentially ridiculous like towards the end and the fire think about the amount i mean of fire work in this movie you know there's absolutely no cgi in this movie yeah not not one bit all physical yeah great all I bought the really nice uh, Plan B um, Firestarter Blu-ray of this and um, it comes with absolutely shit loads of Shout Factory extras. So I sat there and watched like an hour and a half of like interviews, which was really, really interesting. And I, I'll be honest, after I watched the movie, I watched that and I, I got a lot more respect for fucking stunts in this movie. Like the firework that they did, those... You know, there's fireballs. They're all on, like, fireballs on strings. Like, they let off. And, like, all the people, they set, actually set on fire. And not one extra was hurt. Not That's one it. extra. Not one stuntman was hurt. Which I thought, for those times, like, 1984, it's like, you know, they could pretty much do anything. Um, and and it's just, like, mad that no one got burnt alive. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, man. I want to ask you about one thing, actually that was a bit disturbing you know when he goes to that doctor's house and he karate chops him in the face that was disturbing man he literally and when he starts and this is the thing when he's talking about i want her like that john 
rainbow guy, ponytail we'll call him, when he's gone on about wanting to get her and keep her, did you get a little bit, what? Did you think he was a bit of a fucking weirdo? Because he's like, I want, after you finish with her, you need to give her to me. Because I was like, what do you mean by that? Yeah, there's some kind of interesting dialogue choices there. I was like, what's he, because I was like, what's, what the hell does he want with her? And use her as a weapon. Because I was like, I thought, oh my God, is he going to try and like, wait for it? Because he kept going on, wait for her. And I was like, oh my God, is he going to try and like, Get have babies with her when she's the right age or something weird like that shit. Oh, he was well old. He can no. I'm not. I'm going to keep him innocent, please. Oh, I don't know about that. I was like, I was a bit weirded out by that. Oh, and then, then he let out his whole kind of what he was doing, and I was like, ah, right. It's, it's like he's he's still fucked up, but not as fucked up, up as I thought he was. Yeah, it wasn't pedo laughs. No. It so basically, just... in a nutshell, what he wanted to do is what he believes in his culture and that he practices because this thing signs the points to he's originally a native uh, descendant of a native that if he cracks her in the face because he wanted to do it that way and want to shatter every bone in her face uh, and look into her eyes that her powers would pass on to him I forgot that. He was going to fucking try chop her face and take her power. That's what was. And then there's one bit, isn't there? Just remember where he's like, um, he's dressed as a janitor and it's just before they go to stables and she's by the door and he goes and puts his hand up like that and he's got it up to his shoulder and he's just about a karate chopper in the fucking face and then that, that fed comes around, or the, comes around the corner just in time because he's literally just about to crack her in the face. <laughs> Oh my, oh my god it's dark god, man. it's fucking crazy i really want to read the book man and just like see if like he how many people he does like cry chop in the face and take them apparently this this is quite close to the book apart from they the start of the book they sent around um there's more to do with the the father and the mother at the start there's more that's more fleshed out at the start that they left out um which was quite interesting but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting movie, man. Definitely. Lots of, lots of, um, and they, I love the way they try and buy her over with all these dolls and game consoles and stuff like that as well. So a lot of 80s toys in there, man. We did, we did, which was fucking great. Um, but yeah, what a fucking, I mean, it's just one of the, ugh, I just got so many like fond memories of it. Um, but it's, Maybe not one of the ones that doesn't. It definitely doesn't age well. I think. I don't. It's not one of those movies that I would go and get out every year and watch like no, religious. No. I'd no. say it's, it's definitely a must watch because, literally, for just the stunt work in there. Yeah, the definitely. Because that is that's a masterclass, and I think the stunt guy even won awards for that stuff. I bet, man, it's fucking ace. And Drew Barrymore's second role after E.T. I mean, she's great in it. Come on. Yeah. She's very, very good. Yes, no she went on to do what she did. Um, well, what do you, what, what about Max Facts? You got any much Max Facts? Max Facts? I have got some Max Facts. Yeah. So I'm going to start off with this movie was, had a budget of $10 million, apparently. Uh, it made $18 million. So it didn't smash it, but it made back its money. Profit. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you notice, obviously, um, throughout the movie, um, an eye patch appears on uh, John Rainbird? 
Yeah. Like, which is quite random. And um, the way he puts it on. I think it's quite clever how they try and tie it into the kind of I was in Nam and all that stuff. But apparently the real reason was that he had a, a he was wearing a contact because he had a funny eye. So they had to make it look like he had a, a funny eye. But the contact actually infected his eye so bad that, that he had to wear an eye patch. Oh, good, yeah. That's why he's wearing it at the end as well, which is funny. So originally this film was going to be directed, directed by John Carpenter. Mm. Um, but I think this is what I, I looked up and I think that it was dropped by Universal. He was dropped because um, the thing did so badly at the, at the box office that um, things went wrong. I don't know whether he's had, he had another thing going on or whatever, but remember, he did Christine anyway. But originally, um, the part that was her dad, he was he was eyeing up Richard Dreyfus for that role. But Richard Dreyfus left because John Carpenter left. Yeah, I bet. I mean, that would have been a completely... I mean, the music side would have been fucking incredible. Imagine, yeah, I, I can imagine, imagine that being it. a fucking staple now, while Fast Art being in part of his his repertoire. But I mean, oh. I know we had Christine, and he used it on that. But I mean, um, David Keith, he's a staple, isn't he? Been... Do you know what? I'm not a massive fan of his. I'll be honest. I wasn't. I'm not a fan of him. Although he's he's like been in a lot of things and stuff i'm just i don't know what it is but i'm just not a fan he's just been in a lot i yeah. think he's just one of those actors that just pops up in like so much stuff and mm. um, maybe you get kind of like i don't know tripped anyway, over trip can we over. get back onto my facts stop stop sorry stop sorry. it so bert lancaster was uh cast as a role that martin sheen played but he had to cancel right at the last minute because he had to go in and have heart surgery that's quite interesting, I thought. Also up for the role of um, Charlie. Was it Charlie? It was Charlie. Yeah. Was um, it, it was originally um, going to be Heather O'Rourke from um, Poltergeist, but they both went up for the role. But Drew Barrymore got it because apparently Drew Barrymore went up for the role of Poltergeist, but got knocked back because of her. Uh, I mean, we know, we know after speaking to Mr. Gower, like, the other week, you know, they're all, like, going to similar oh, yeah. um, uh, auditions. auditions and stuff like that. So it's quite interesting how, like, you know, they would have all gone different, made different movies and stuff like that. Jennifer Connolly was up for it as well, but she was a little bit older. So I think that might have not been great. So originally, you know, all the bits where um, kind of like John Rainbird um, kind of kills uh, he kills a postman. Um, he kind of like um, he tranquilizes the dad and the yeah. little girl, um, and he murders. The... Originally, they weren't going to have him do those bits because um, they were like, "Oh, let's just give it to one of the agents to do." Like they were going to get the, one of the men in suits to do. You know? And they're like, "Hang on a minute, right?" Because uh, George C. Scott was. The proviso that he would be in the film is that he would get a one-off payment of $1 million alone just for his role, right? Because you might not think he is, but he is a bit, he's a big actor, Paul, trust me. And literally, they were like, why are we paying him a $1 million? And he's just sat in his trailer. Let's get him out and do more bits. So originally they were going to just have normal, just the agents kill people, but they got him out and they filmed those bits with him doing the killings to make him more kind of sinister and more of a nutter. So, But yeah, originally, they yeah. weren't going to use that. 
Um, the music um, was done by Tangerine Dream, but the best thing about that was they did the music, but they didn't even see the film. They literally sent the music and said, don't worry, it'll fit in everywhere. <laughs> so, and luckily enough, it, it did, apart from that start. Yeah, yeah. The right. last Matt's fact is quite interesting. The Drew Barrymore apparently was in a shop with her mum and they saw the Firestarter book and her mum picked up the book and thought the girl on the front looked like Drew Barrymore. So she bought it for Drew Barrymore and Drew read the book and she came into the kitchen to her mum and she says, I am that girl. And then, lo and behold, she literally got the part. But she can fucking throw fireballs at people. Yeah, man. Wow. Fucking fair play to Drew. I do No wonder she got so many roles. I do <laughs> Is literally from Street Fire. And that is, sir, Matt's facts. Let's rate this bad boy. What are you giving it? I think it's an eight for me. Like, just more, then, more from a nostalgia perspective, and I think respect to the actual way it was made and all that sort of stuff. I think it's got to, got to be an eight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. I think. Right. I mean, I think it's great. I mean, like the reason they got those big hitting actors because they they what they were gunning for was because I heard the director say about it, what they wanted was a, a, a Shining-esque film. I mean, it obviously, it doesn't come up against Shining, but they've got these names because they wanted big actors, and they didn't necessarily want it to be um, a straightforward kind of theme to it. And that, you know, But yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. Eight out, eight out of ten breaths, I think, was it's definitely worth it. Cool. Right. It's... Right. It's over to you, isn't it? Right there, Sunshine. What have you got for us to watch for next time around? So, you might... I don't know. You might know this. Have we done anything from the 60s yet? No. We haven't even touched, like, Night of the Living Dead or anything like that. Have we done the 70s? Have we done some 70s stuff? Yes, we've done quite a few from the 70s. Oh, but this is the the first 60s. Okay. We're going in. And we're going in hard. So, our first movie... Well, lube me up first. Go on. Our, our movie from 1968 is Rosemary's Baby. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, my God. A bit, a bit of Roman Polanski. Oh, naughty. Yeah, that's... Um, I've watched it once. I've watched it a couple of times, but it's been a, a, a lot of time. But I thought, oh. we haven't done anything from, like, then. Um, good pick, man. That's a really good pick. Fucking hell, man. Oh, that would have swung me by. You know what? <laughs> At the moment, there's a bit of resurgence on Shudder of all these old movies. And I'll tell you what, you can go 60s, but I might be trumping you with 30s and still... Oh, God. <laughs> Not, like, no sound. No, no. Osterosh on Shudder. That's all I'm saying. I've never seen it. <laughs> Christ. It'd be the original mummy. <laughs> And hey, there's some fucking the serpent and the rainbow. Can't actually that's seventies, isn't it? Serpent and rainbow. I don't know. Okay, great pick, mate. Honestly, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know where I'm going to watch it, but I will figure it out. It's not on. I think it's on Shudder. It was is it really? Oh, yeah, I'll, it was. I'll, I'll, I'll find it. If not, I'll get a copy because um, it's one of those worst ones that I should have in my collection, I believe. So yeah, good shout. Happy for that. So yeah, that's uh, episode seventy four in the bag. I suppose next episode we will be bringing you one movie, probably from Shudder, for our main review, depending on what drops in the next couple of weeks. Um, Matt's just pulled a doozy 
out of the uh can you get Roman Polanski on the uh blower? I don't want him on the blower, to be honest. <laughs> That's gonna be an interesting conversation. Rosemary's baby. Um and that something to scream about, we will uh get some listener advisement on that, I think, for next time. And on that note, there's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreathPod at Hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs>